Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Too Musically Inclined TMI podcast. Back at it again with uh, episode three now. Hopefully, add it up, add it up as we go. It's uh, getting pretty good so far, but uh, I think it'll get better. So we'll keep tagging them on. Uh, as always, it's uh, your two co-hosts. Uh, my name is Travis. My name is Kirsten. And uh, yeah, we just love to bring you everything emo, punk rock, rock music in general. I, I'm probably going to slip some Drake in there once in a while. You know I probably will. <laughs> but, um, you know, for the most part, we just, you know, like to have fun, talk about anything that's on our mind, mostly musically inclined. Get it? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, today today is a probably going to be a pretty good one, a pretty memorable one, I think. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah? So... Uh, this is. I think this might also be kind of like a bonus type episode because I think we're gonna release two episodes very close to each other. Um, so this episode is gonna be all about uh, our experience with Panic at the Disco. Y- if you didn't already know by the uh, episode title, uh, but yeah, we we just recently saw them in concert. Um, you've seen them a million times in concert. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go through everything. We're going to go through why we like them, their history, uh, what our opinion of them now is compared to back then, and kind of everything in between. Obviously, our opinion on the show as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that was good. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so let's just uh, jump right into it. Should we talk about the show first? Yeah, I think that's a good... Okay. So, the show was amazing. Oh yeah, it, it was a uh, the pray pray for the wicked tour. So it was um, basically his tour, or Panic the Disco. It's yeah. just it's just Brendan Urino. <laughs> um, we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, for his new album, which is called Pray for the Wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, when the heck was that show? July thirty first. July thirty first. Yeah. So, so it was about. When we're recording this, it was about uh, two weeks ago? about two weeks ago. It was a couple weeks ago. So it, this took a little while to come out, and uh, you guys will know why after our next episode, all about Warp Tour. Uh, you'll understand why it took us a minute to kind of gather these thoughts together because everything happened in a very, very fast amount of time. Mm-hmm. So um, you'll understand once you listen to both of these episodes why it was the way it was. But um, but yeah, it shouldn't come out so much uh after we uh record this episode but yeah it was about two weeks ago Mm -hmm. um it was awesome it was in uh this was a big show it was at bb&t center if anyone's you know from south florida you know bb&t center is in sunrise uh it's where the uh panthers play hockey team uh no one cares about them but (laughs) it's where the panthers panthers actually i think they're good now yeah, I talked to someone and they said they were good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> From the 90s. Who the hell knows hockey? Not me. But uh, yeah, I think they, they might actually be good now. So it's where the Florida Panthers are f- uh, playing. That's their uh, their home stadium. And um, really cool venue. I mean, we've been there. We've been there a bunch of times. Honestly, if you've been in a stadium, you know what stadium tour shows are like. Uh, they're They're pretty... The, the stuff that they do at during the show is different every time you see someone, but the venue, I feel like either way, it's a big stadium. Like, yeah. I know what I'm going into, but then the show is the part that's supposed to, like, be the difference, you know? Yeah. And it definitely was. I got the tickets the first day the pre-sale released, which was, like... Months ago. I think it was in January. That long ago? You think so? Or no, it might have been. No, I think I, it was like March. I'm like, yeah, because I'm thinking about my job, and I know <laughs> that it was a camp day. Oh, okay. So it might have been March. Yeah, yeah. During okay. Spring break. So maybe, but either I think it was March too. But um, either way, yeah, we we got him like last time. Uh, so we went to a show of theirs uh, nearly like almost exactly a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, let's just say it was a year ago because it was still during summertime. Uh, we went to a show of theirs last summer in Colorado and that show was amazing. Mm-hmm. And this show, I can't believe I'm saying it, but it was even better. You think so? I think it was better. What do you think? I don't know. I really liked the Death of a Bachelor tour. That it I was think a it was, it was a great album. It was a great tour. 
Mm-hmm. You are right, but I don't know. The performance of this one was incredible. Yeah. Like I and I think I like the set list more too. Yeah. Yeah, he really pulled from like all albums. He did. Yeah. I I think that he did because like at on the Death of the Bachelor tour, Death of a Bachelor. Sorry. Um, on that tour, he played like the entire Death album, like it was the whole album and then he sprinkled in like other songs from other albums Mm -hmm. this one i was surprised at how widespread it was for being an album tour yeah he only played like five or six songs off of pray for the wicked yeah let's let's actually we'll pull up that set list just to kind of give everyone like a like a i was i was disappointed when i read the set list before we went because he it was basically all of all of the stuff that he's released since the band like broke up. Yeah. So he, he played nine in the afternoon and he played, I write sins, not tragedies, but, mm-hmm. um, there I was a played, few more. He might've played ready to go. There, there was a few more. I'll show no, you. No, that the, was um, vices and virtues. Yeah. It wasn't, it, he only played like two or three songs off of a fever. You can't sweat out and pretty odd. I think it was more than that. I think it might've been more than I'm going to read the set list to you because I think you forgot a couple because, um, because I did too. Um, so the set list I think was a little bit more widespread than that. I'm going to read you off because I can't believe he did 27 songs that <laughs> night. That's insane. Like that's a real fucking show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not like, you know, uh, The Grateful Dead where they just jam for three hours. But 27 songs nowadays is super impressive. Uh, especially if you guys listen to our 30 Seconds to Mars episode. You know why. I'm saying that 27 songs is impressive because 30 seconds didn't even do half of that. So just throwing that out there. But um, let's let's just read off this list. I'm We're not going to go too far into it, but I'm just going to go through the list just to kind of give you guys an idea of, of what we heard so that, you know, you can go back and listen to it if you wanted to in this exact order if you wanted to. How it fun would, be would like that you're be? There. It wouldn't at all because <laughs> we'll get into his stage because that shit was dope. But... Uh, so first song, uh, fuck a silver lining. Uh, number two, don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, number three, ready to go. Uh, hey, look, my I made it was number four. Number five was L.A. Devotee. Number six was Hallelujah. Number seven was Ballad of Mona Lisa, which I think you forgot about that one. Uh, number eight was Nine in the Afternoon. Number nine was Golden Days. Ten was Casual Affair. Uh, 11 was Vegas Lights, 12, Dancing's Not a Crime, 13, This is Gospel, uh, 14 was Death of a Bachelor, and we'll get into that too because that's his segue when he gets across the whole stadium. Uh, And then he did a small Bonnie Raitt cover of I Can't Make You Love Me, and a lot of people in the emo crowd might not know that song, but it's it, it truly is an amazing song. He he expresses it during the show that, you know, he used to sing it with his mom and everything. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing song and you should all listen to it if you're like an actual musician or love music because it's a beautiful song from the 90s or late 80s or 90s. Um, 16 was Dying in L.A. 17 was Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Uh, I don't know why it says that it's a cover of Robert Hazard because it's not. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know what why it says that on the website. <laughs> uh, number 18 is Girls, Girls, Boys. Um, huge gay pride uh, group of people at this show, and we'll talk about that too. Um, 19 was Nicotine. 20 was High Hopes. 21, Miss Jackson. Uh, 22, Crazy Equals Genius. 23, Bohemian Rhapsody, of course. Uh, 24 was Emperor's New Clothes. Uh, 25, Say Amen. This was during their encore. They had three songs in their encore. Um, 26 was I Write Sins. And they actually didn't close with I Write Sins. They did one more song, which was Victorious, Mm -hmm. was their last song. So 27 songs. uh, If you guys want to write all that down, just scroll back to when I was talking through the list because I'm not going to say it twice. That was a lot. Um, But a lot of songs, a lot of good songs. And I think you might have forgot about some of Casual Affair. Yeah, but that was that was still like there was a lot of vices and a lot of too um, weird to live, too rare to die. Yeah. True. And Death of a Bachelor. And okay, so there was only 
like Irate Sins was the only one from A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. Yeah. And Nine in the Afternoon was the only one from Pretty Odd. Okay, which so were you're his two singles. You're talking about everything before like even Spencer left. Yeah, like okay. before Ryan and Spencer and John were gone. Yeah. Like when they were an, ac- an actual band. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. only played two. Which is understandable because he Which has a lot sense. of yeah, music he, now. He has a lot of original music now from st- even though he says he's Panic at the Disco, um it's 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 pretty much him. If you've ever and read their interviews, their old stuff's very different. Very different. Very much more um, not punk rock, but like theatrical emo. <laughs> emo rock. It's it's much more that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, the show was so great though. And I'm actually glad that I heard some of the songs I did because I've only seen live performances of Casual Affair, and I love that song. Yeah, that song is so good it's like really like you kind of get a feel for it be very being very very like sexual but also like it's just an intense song like the way that the build-up is in that song is super super intense and i just love the way that it like builds up so strongly with just like a beat and then it like crescendos during the the Mm -hmm. chorus it's just it's like a really hauntingly beautiful sounding song and then also very like sexual like i could see people like banging with like just a solid red light in their room to that kind of song weird of course it's weird but i'm just (laughs) saying like i would it's panic at the disco why would i not listen to that during let's move on anyways (laughs) that song's awesome i really like that and i never saw it live um I like when he plays uh, Golden Days. That's yeah, my you, favorite you, new one. You love that song from Because there's Death always the pyro. There's always pyrotechnics during it. And it's Actually, always beautiful. Last year, there was, but it wasn't as intense as this year. Mm-hmm. Um, besides the set list being pretty good for me, they had their stage was amazing. That was the best part of the show was he went from having last year, he had a regular stage. It was literally a regular stage. He had the slightly floating white piano, but um, the stage was normal when Mm -hmm. we were at the Pepsi center in Colorado. This time he went all out. Like this was a proper stage for a stadium. Like he had his giant panic symbol, in the middle basically almost in the middle of the crowd because it extended so far out from the main stage and then there was a walkway that went to the main part of the stage where all of the musicians were and there was sick lasers there was literal but not even like sparks and like little fireworks there was literal fire at this show Mm -hmm. he had like actual torching fire so hot that you could feel it in the stands that's like some like 80s kiss shit like it was <laughs> serious it was so cool yeah i like when um he popped out like he just popped out of the ground at the beginning yeah like he came out of a toaster yeah that was pretty awesome <laughs> a toaster um but yeah and then he had the instead of the piano where it was just kind of r- like during Death of a Bachelor, he had a piano. Yeah. Um, where he sang, "This is gospel." Yeah. And it just it kind of just kind of went up. Yeah. Yeah. And this time it was he did "Dying in L.A." Um, Insane. It was floating like it just it just floated. Yeah, it on it a was track. on some kind of like track that actually f- his piano floated overhead of the crowd, like hundreds of feet far. Mm-hmm. And landed on the main stage, and then he got off the piano. He wasn't even like strapped down or anything, and no, he just like got up. Honestly, and was it walking. terrified me. I was like, "This motherfucker! If he does this at one of these shows and he fucking falls off because he doesn't strap himself in, I'm gonna be really, really devastated because his dumbass doesn't want to wear a harness. Because <laughs> that's like pretty normal to wear a harness during stuff like that. All it is is it just wraps around your waist." And it's just an emergency thing so that if you fall, it just, like, grabs you and you hang until you can get saved. But, like, nothing is not fun for me. The whole time he was singing, I was like, this is so beautiful. Also, I'm really scared right now. (laughs) I was. Yeah, it was terrifying. 
But um, it was all good. He made it back to the stage. And the good thing is, is because he's doing Dying in L.A. on the piano now, he's not doing This is Gospel. So we got to hear This is Gospel in the full electric version, like the original song, which he hasn't done in like two tours. Mm -hmm. So I was happy that that was a change on the set list, too, that it wasn't acoustic on the piano. It was actually electric because I haven't heard that song live like that before. Um, even though this is only my second time seeing them, this is what your seventh, sixth or seventh? Yeah, sixth. Sixth? It might have been seventh. I thought you said six before. Oh man, I have to count. Yeah, let's not do that now because <laughs> it'll be a long time. It's been over the last like thirteen years, so <laughs> we'll we'll leave that for another time. But uh, no, it's super awesome. Of course, like I didn't expect anything less. I would have been let down if it was bad. Like. <laughs> I was so excited that I got to meet Bebo. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Um, so Bebo is this dumbass little puppet. My God. <laughs> that he had in um, Hey Look Ma, I Made It, um, his music video. Mm-hmm. And he took it on tour with him, and they made like a, I'm pretty sure it was a double. I don't think it was the same one. Yeah. Um, it might have been the same one. You never know. No, I think the original one was in House of Memories. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Um, But they put it in like this fortune teller vending machine thing, and the first 500 people at the show every night got the chance to um, interact with it. Yeah. And you would donate five dollars to his um, nonprofit, his High Hopes Foundation, and it would either give you a fortune or you could win some like swag, a random prize. You could get a bundle, like a merch bundle yeah. or um, an upgraded ticket, and it was pretty cool. I didn't think it I was, was. going to be able to do it because I was working. So and it was only limited to five hundred of the what I guess eight thousand to ten thousand yeah. people that were there. And they don't tell you. Like, they, they randomly put him somewhere yeah. every night, so they don't tell you where he is. And he happened to be right in front of our entrance to our seats. So as soon as we walked up, we saw him, and we were like, hell yeah. Yeah, And it was awesome. we waited in line, and we missed uh, the opening act, Arizona, but that's okay. Yeah, I wasn't really concerned. We could kind of hear them, and I was like, they sound like an India-ish rock-type band. So I was like, I don't know. I yeah. don't care. I'm sure I would like them. I just yeah. I've never... I've never actually. They sounded like that, like type of new, like indie rockish type thing that they're doing now, where it's like the closest thing to rock music that could be on the radio. Mm -hmm. That's like the sound of it. But um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't mad that we missed it either. If if anyone didn't see the um, the Bebo puppet like box that he was in. If you ever saw um, the movie Big with Tom Hanks, when he like gets the fortune from the fortune teller that makes him into an adult, that's what it was. Yeah. It was literally an old fortune telling kiosk box that you that you got the fortune from. It was really cool. And now, even though we didn't win, the cool thing is, is now we still have those fortune yeah. little tags fortune, that like they fortune. look like vintage like um, movie tickets. It's mm -hmm. really cool. So yeah, that was that was awesome. But yeah, overall the show was amazing. I didn't get you know tired or unenthused once, and it was just a, it was a really awesome show. I was so happy that we went, and uh, our seats were pretty good too. Even though we were up in the uh, bleachers, like the stands, um, we had a great seat. It was pretty close. I was surprised yeah. at how good the tickets were that you got offline. Yeah, we were right on the side. Yeah. No, it was it was awesome and we weren't far away or anything so it made it really good. And um yeah, I think that overall it was just an awesome awesome show. Um his other opener Haley Kyoko was honestly it was whatever for me. Um I don't know if it's because we're just not into that kind of like music or yeah. what, but like People were going nuts in there. There was a lot of teenagers there, and like some of the teenagers were losing their shit over Haley Kiyoko. I was just like, I was whatever. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm so anyone who doesn't listen to Haley Kiyoko, she's a very, very huge um, LGBTQ advocate. 
um, which we totally support. We we love the whole movement and everything. There were so many people that supported LGBTQ at the concert, and it was awesome, uh, including Brendan. He's you know a huge a huge person. Um, and part of his foundation is about that, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's about the community. And, um, I think that's probably why she was paired with him at the show. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but I didn't, sadly, I just didn't get into her music. It seemed like, like, it's one thing to like have good lyrics about songs, about accepting yourself, about all that kind of stuff. It seemed like I was listening to the same song over and over again, though. Didn't you get that feeling with some of it? I got, like, every time she introduced a song, she was like, this song's about girls. This song's about liking girls. Yeah. This song's about having a crush on your best friend. Yeah. And it was, like, every every single one. And I was like, okay. Well, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's like, I'm totally fine with you talking about... Like, I don't, I don't relate to anything that she's yeah. saying. I think that was what... I think that was why both of us kind of got, lo- got lost in the mix. Because we're like even though we're huge supporters of the community, um, the way that she was expressing it in her music was just like, it got old to me. It just got a little bit old really fast. Like I, I don't want to hear three songs in a row about the exact same subject. Like I'd, I'd want to hear one that's just maybe about love in general or uh, not even about love at all about, you know, um, family or, you know, abuse or anything like anything that could be on your mind except for liking the same sex or even the opposite sex for that matter. Even if someone was talking about someone else who's of the opposite sex, it would make no difference to me. I just want the music to sound good and the lyrics to be good. You know what I mean? So I think I think it was just lost on us a little bit. The girl next to us was losing her mind, though. (laughs) Yeah, she was. She was going nuts. So good for her, though. She she seemed like she had a great time and she also looked like she was like 15 or 16. So good for her for having a good time at the show, I guess. Um, our good time definitely came when Panic came out, though. That was that was the best. Like, it was awesome. So moving past that, we definitely just want to also talk a little bit about the the history of Panic because, you know, they, they have a pretty regular rock and roll band history. Um but it's funny hearing it after the fact where like so for anyone who's not diehard panic fans which how dare you but um if you're not that's okay um they don't it's not a they anymore brendan yuri is the only original member left in panic at the disco and actually very very originally he wasn't even an original member he mm-hmm. was the last member brought into the band before they started professionally playing and it's just really funny. It's it's just like an ironic thing that it was like the last guy in is the last guy out too. Mm-hmm. Like he actually lasted through everything. But um, just to kind of give you guys like a short timeline, because I don't want to get too bored with the history stuff. Um, there used to be a full band that were all original members. Uh, little by little, they've dwindled down to now just Brendan Urie being the only original member. And um, it's it's happened over several albums. So we'll we'll kind of break that down a little. So, um, babe, when did you say Fever came out? Um, so their first album released in 2005 mm-hmm. and it was a four piece. So it was Brendan, who's the lead singer, and then uh, Ryan Ross, who was the guitarist mm-hmm. and Brent Wilson, who mm-hmm. was the bassist and Spencer Smith, who was the drummer. Baller. And that was the original lineup um, when the album was released. Yeah. And then they toured that and then decided to write another album and basically just like fell apart. (laughs) It didn't fall apart. Watching that. So there's a documentary about them writing their second album. And for uh, people who listen to Pretty Odd, even if you didn't listen to their second album titled Pretty Odd, um, you heard nine in the afternoon. It was it was all over pop radio too. Mm-hmm. Like it was ev- that song was everywhere, and uh, everyone who is our age in the early two thousands remembers that song because it was. It, I got sick of it. It was on the I radio so why, often. I got sick of it. I don't know why it. it was so popular because it was not good. I mean, it, be- it definitely <laughs> like wasn't I the best song them. on the album. I love them. But yeah, that was not not a single. No, it wasn't. But uh, e- either w- e- either way. 
um, it was their single that they came out with. It was huge on the radio. Everyone loved it. And it was, um, it was critically acclaimed. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they got known for it, you know, but, uh, to me, I do think that they are one of the bands that had a sophomore slump. Yeah. Um, they had a really hard time. You can watch a short documentary about it. They had a really hard time recording that album. Well, so back, back then I was a crazy, uh, panic fangirl. You were? I was like 15. Yep. And, um, it, I was crazy. Yep. And they were recording an album that, um, sounded nothing like Pretty Odd. It was more theatrical, like, um, a fever was, but... They never released it. They had a demo that I heard that you played for me. No lie, it was weird, but I would have rather heard that album. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I would have rather it was heard like that. A, like, it was going to be like a story. Yeah. Like they were making a whole story. Like a concept album. album, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, they actually were at a festival, I think in Europe or mm-hmm. something, and they played one of the songs. That's what you heard. They played one of the songs. Yeah. It was called Something their... Love or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, they... They didn't release it. They said fuck it, and they went back to Vegas. They threw I think. a whole album idea in the trash can and went back home. Yeah, never released it, and went back and recorded pretty odd in Vegas. And um, so after that, I think they were all kind of like mad at each other because you could tell that between the album that they didn't release and pretty odd that they were all like musically going in different directions. Very different directions. So Ryan and John wound up leaving. Oh well, you didn't you you didn't um, explain John Walker. So John Walker. Oh, was that's the right. I didn't even talk he's, about him. He's hilarious, and I didn't even know this until I really dug into the Panic history with uh, Kirsten here. And um, John Walker was the filmer filming person for. TAITV, which is the Academy Is's video series online. It's great. And they literally met John Walker while they were on like Nintendo Fusion Tour. Yeah, the Nintendo Fusion Tour, which God, I wish tours like that still existed. They don't li- exist at all. It sucks. But um Nintendo Fusion Tour, they met John Walker and were like, Hey, I guess you're better than our bassist now. Let's get him. Although they they kicked Brent Wilson out because apparently he didn't show up to practices. He was late to shows. <laughs> he didn't even play like all of the bass parts on A Fever You Can't Sweat Out were recorded by Brendan because Oh, that's Brent right. I forgot. You told me he recorded the whole album and yeah. the bass player didn't even play. Brent didn't do shit. So Amazing. They were, I'm pretty sure they like called him or texted him one day and was like, "You're out. You're out." I'm sorry, but I mean, no lie though. At least he got some money for like being in the in the f- uh, Fever videos, you know? Yeah, I'm he sure he gets something that, yeah. because his name is on the album. His, oh, yeah, his name is on the album. I was going to say because he and didn't record it. he's in I Write Sins. He's in I Write Sins and It's Better If You Do. Yep. Both of those music videos. Yep. So, so yeah, it is what it is. I but think he's in It's Better If You Do. Either way, he was he was shitty. He, if you ever watch the videos of the bass player, just look at the bass player. Um, I never did that before in their old videos, and it's true. He is really funny in those <laughs> videos. He's like really awkward and everything, so it's kind of funny to watch. Brent but Wilson. he got he got replaced by uh by John, John Walker, Walker, which is a great choice because John Walker is awesome. But unfortunately, John Walker left at the same time Ryan Ross did. After the Pretty Odd tour, both of them pieced out and fucking left. They left and they made um, a new band called The Young Veins. Terrible. Which basically just sounds like Pretty Odd shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if anyone likes that band and they love Pretty Odd, but that band was awful. I mean, if you like Pretty Odd, you'll like The Young Veins for sure. I don't even know if that's true because it wasn't good. Because like Pretty Odd, I it's like that's my least favorite album, but I can like listen to it. The Young Veins, when you played it, it was like, no, like, I don't want to listen to this. Yeah. That's what it was like for me. I think it's because, like, John Walker was my favorite member of the band when I was a kid. He was. He was my favorite. What was that video segment they were on in that other country? Uh, Rage. Rage. In, in Australia. Australia. People, please go watch that video of them on this show called Rage in Australia. It's probably the funniest band feature on a television show i've almost ever seen (laughs) it's so funny 
like I, I they're all weird on the whole episode they're all I can't believe they let them do that episode like I thought they would have scrapped that episode that's how <laughs> ridiculous that episode is I can't believe they aired it it's insane yeah but um John Walker was my favorite and I think that's why I like the young veins because it True. was the two of them and I'm sorry but I hate it Ryan I've always hated Ryan and there's some diehard Panic fans out there yeah. that love him, and I just yeah. can't. I there's just there's two the camps. There, it's it's literally like Team uh, Edward and Team Jacob with Basically. Ryan Ross and Brendan Urie. Like they either loved when Ryan was in the band, or they hated when Ryan was in the or band. Or they think the two of them were together, and they call they say Ryan exists, and they say it at shows, and it's really embarrassing. Yeah, to everyone. Yeah, it's really weird. But it's um, weird. I I'll give it to them. Uh, if Ryan Ross was a serious part of why their re- their their first album sounded so good, then I'll give it to them that it was an amazing album, and kudos to Ryan for making such an amazing album. But he, he was the main driving force be- behind Pretty Odd, and I know that if he was still in the album for album number three, we wouldn't have gotten um, Vices, which... No. Let's move to Vices because that was your favorite album and it's an amazing album. It's amazing. So when they them two left, it was actually a three year gap between mm-hmm. Pretty Odd and Vices. And in that three year gap, it was basically just Brendan and Spencer, the drummer, just like figuring out what the hell they wanted to do with their lives after that point. And um, you have the box set to that album. And if anyone's watched that video of that that DVD that comes with it, you understand like there's a whole like conceptual journey at the beginning mm-hmm. of that DVD that's so cool. Yeah, that was my favorite one. Yeah. It's just I don't know. It just like I remember when that album came out and I was just so happy because I was like when I found out that Panic broke up, I was like I don't know what the hell's going to happen because you I was wanted such to die. I was such a big fan <laughs> that it like broke my heart. Yeah. And then when I heard um like snippets that they released of Vices, I like lost my shit because it was it was like old panic. It was like fever error. Yeah. But like refined. Yeah. Yeah. It and it so and it was because I remember the video for Ballad of Mona Lisa. I was like, this looks more like album like original panic style Mm -hmm. except the music is just slightly different but like the style of like even the theatrics of the video it felt more like original panic which is awesome they also brought in a new member for that album um what dallin um oh we still haven't listened to his band yet i have or his new one no his new like his new band uh, his two-piece with him and that drummer yeah we got to listen to that i keep forgetting um but he was in a band called the brobecks and I I don't know if I'm entirely sure how they met Dallin, um, but it they had brought to have him. Just been in crowds of yeah. like bands. They um brought him in to help with the album. He wasn't just a touring member at that point. Yeah, he and actually did help write on the album, right? Yeah, and you can He's hear like influences of his like like Brobecks, the Brobecks. You yeah. can hear that that someone from that band was helping them make music because it yeah. sounds it's it's pretty cool. The Brobacks aren't bad. You played me them. They they're pretty good. Um I think it was it's just that they just didn't get big enough to mm-hmm. like refine their music. So it still sounds very like demo-y. um demo-y. Yeah, it sounds pretty juvenile, but it's good music though. It's not bad. But um he was in panic for until uh the end of the Death of Bachelor tour, right? And then he was, yeah. and then he pieced out, and they got a new, yeah, they just got the new bassist like Nicole. five months ago. Like mm-hmm. it was super, super frequent. Yeah. So and if you look at the the album artwork for Vices, he's actually he's, it. It, he's on yeah. the cover with like a mask on. Yeah. Standing like behind Brendan and Spencer. So he was like half in the cover. Yeah. You couldn't see him, but he was there. He was it there. was like their way of saying he did something, but not enough to be. <laughs> faced in the in the cover you Mm -hmm. know but then after vices was released he was he was removed and back to touring he went back to a touring member but he stayed with panic until this year yep and so after that stuff their their next album after that which was too weird to live too rare to die was actually 
quicker than any of their other albums. That one came out exactly like a normal album would, was which was two years later. That one was in uh, 2013 when it came out. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the last album that Spencer was in. Or he wasn't even in that one, right? Didn't he leave after Vices he before... Was too he rare was, to live. I think he was in too weird to live, too rare to die. Cause um. No, you're right. He no, wasn't. No, cause yeah, cause he um, left. what's it called? It, the the song about him is think, in that album. I think he might have helped write songs on that album. Gotcha. But I think he might have left before they toured. Yeah, cause this is gospel is about him, isn't it? Yeah. And I I wouldn't consider Brendan to be like I'm gonna write this song about you band member because you're still in the band and don't well, have issues. I'm pretty sure he was still in the band when when he wrote that song because I remember Brendan wow. like Spencer coming out and talking about it and saying that he was gonna take a break and he had left for a while, and then oh, okay. instead of coming back he was like I'm I done. can't yeah. yeah okay which is cool now he's in uh he's now partnered with pete wentz for dk dance 2 which is pretty dope mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm hoping that something comes out of that because that's pretty awesome but um but yeah that album it was the last of the original members except brendan so from too weird to live on to now it's just been brendan yuri just doing it big just by himself which is crazy and um it did take him a minute though, because he did in between that album and Death of a Bachelor was, was a three years. years. Yeah. So he did wait a little bit longer, and I think that was just him trying to find his like literally just his voice mm-hmm. instead of everyone in the band. He was trying to find what was him, and I think that makes a lot of sense because these last two albums sound more like something else other than original Panic music. Mm-hmm. So yes. that makes sense to me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, you know, and everyone knows, I mean, 2016 was when Death of a Bachelor came out. Um, you know, there were songs on the radio. Uh, he did uh, miss out on a Grammy fucking thanks to Cage the Elephant, which infuriated me. Yeah. That they beat him for, like, rock album of the for year. For Death of a Bachelor. He lost... He yeah. lost Death of a Bachelor. He lost Death of a Bachelor Grammy for best rock album of the year. And I don't know who's voting on these Grammy. I don't know what Grammy club is doing these decisions because that was just like mind boggling. I I did not understand. It was for the album. It wasn't even just for Death of a Bachelor. It was the whole album. And that was what made me so mad. I'm like, that album was it was perfect. Like it still sounded like what you want Panic to sound like. But it also was very, very mass appealing to the point where he was everywhere promoting it. He was killing himself to promote the shit out of that. He was on all the late night shows. He was on Ellen. He was everywhere promoting that album. And it was all over the... And I think it ended up possibly going platinum. I think it might have gone platinum. I hope it did, because it deserves it. But um, amazing album. Uh, So, so impressed with that one. And then the recent one, too. The recent one, I will... Uh, say when I first heard it I wasn't sure if I liked it but then instantly at the second listen I liked it it was yeah. much better the second listen and now there's a lot of songs like I have favorite songs on this new album now and um, you know I like the whole thing but there are a couple that I like just a little bit more than than the rest just because of my personal you know personal taste mm-hmm. is there any song that they've released that you don't like um i mean i could name like a few from the pretty odd album (laughs) but other than that um it's not like i dislike any of the songs it's like if i've listened to that album once uh what always proves to me whether or not i'm i really really love an album is its replayability so like if I p- if I listen to an album once and then I just start listening to the single songs I like, I know that I didn't like the entire album mm-hmm. because I want to listen to just the hits that I want to hear. But if I just turn on the album and listen to the whole thing, I know that I really like that album. Right. So like I like listening to the whole uh, Dangerous Summer album that just came out last year. Mm-hmm. I can listen to that front to back because it's awesome. Um, and I can listen to... Uh, the uh the latest album pray for the the wicked i can listen to the whole thing um and we usually do when we listen to it um but like 
I think on uh, Too Weird to Live, I I do sometimes jump around on that album and I don't listen to the, the whole thing all the way through just because it it goes it like kind of weaves in between like a couple of different like feelings and i'm like i don't want to feel like weird or depressed right now and some of the songs are a little bit like odd yeah i think my least favorite song like ever is on yeah. that album you think so it's a uh, girl that you love i think that's what it's called that's it's funny cuz that is song. one of the ones i don't really listen to that it's much like, either cuz it's like very monotone and like totally not his style it was just odd to me when i heard it yeah and that song it almost reminds me of like listening to metric but like i don't want to hear it for panic like Mm -hmm. i can i i would rather listen to that as a hit for a metric song than listen to it as a song for a panic yeah if that makes sense yeah um but it's funny because that album even though i don't listen to like all the songs on there like some of the music is amazing on that album yeah. like girls, this girls, is gospel boy. miss jackson uh girls girls boys casual affair um and the end of all things are all on that album and all of those songs are incredible and um oh just so you know also dallin was a huge writer on this on too weird to live he's he's coined as a writer in a lot yeah. of these songs Good. um but yeah, some of the best songs that they ever made were on this album, but I don't ever listen to the album all the way through because Vegas Lights is also a... An, I like that one a lot. I, I like it, but I if I don't listen to the whole album all the way through, I won't listen to it. That's that, that's what I was saying before, where like I can gauge how, I, how much I love an album by whether or not I'm going to jump around or not. And on that, unfortunately, on Too Weird to Live, I usually don't listen to everything all the way through. Like, if I have the remote in my hand to switch the song, I'll probably switch the song. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. But um, but other than that, you know... Oh, Nicotine was on that album, too, which is an awesome song. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, great, great albums all the way through. I mean, even Pretty Odd, like, if you like the Beatles, if you like older, you know, classic rock bands and stuff, especially if you like the Beatles, because... <laughs> I, I don't know why they tried acting like that wasn't the main influence behind the band. When you listen to that documentary, you know that Ryan Ross is purposely not saying Beatles. Like, you can hear it in the interview. I he, don't know he, what his deal he's is. He's like, yeah, we pulled from a lot of classic bands. I'm like, it sounds like you made you tried making Sgt. Pepper's album. Like, you wanted it to sound like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Like, you wanted it to sound like that. And I understand... Because there's a lot of bands that have also tried to make Beatles-esque music. I understand, but don't act like you weren't trying to pull from the Beatles. Mm-hmm. That's like th- that new band, Greta Van Fleet. That's like them saying, we don't listen to Led Zeppelin. It's like, you're you're fucking Led Zeppelin. Like, you are Led Zeppelin. You're basically uh, an original version of a Led Zeppelin cover band. Like, that's my opinion of Pretty Odd. It's like, it was their attempt at making a Beatles album, which was successful especially commercially it was successful but i'm not uh, you know don't kill me everyone but i'm not the biggest beatles fan um i'm not really into the whole like uh late 50s early 60s rock and roll type thing like um i can respect the beatles i respect elvis presley i respect chuck berry and all of those amazing people that were like the heart and soul of like why even emo music exists now i have nothing but respect for that genre of music but i feel like i'm just slightly too removed to like truly like that music and um i love the beatles abbey road album i love that album i think it's a masterpiece of music it really is but it's very different than some of their other music it's more uh, blues oriented in it and it sounds a little bit more down to earth than their like rock and roll and then later their psychedelic music so I think that's why I love Abbey Road so much and because Abbey Road is amazing um, the studio itself uh, if anyone ever got to watch the Abbey Road show uh, you know what I'm talking about is the most amazing I don't know why they did away with that BBC used to do that uh they would record bands live at abbey road and a performance from abbey road was what changed my life like it changed my musical life it was amazing so 
if anyone wants to go back and watch those, you should. It's awesome. But I'm a, I'm kind of wondering for you, um, what kind of what changed uh, your opinion of like listening to Panic when you first heard it? Like when you first heard the first song from Panic, did you know right away you're like this is my favorite band of all time, or did you have to build up to that? Now I fell in love with them pretty instantly. You think so? Um, like they didn't have to at least even try to grow on you. It was like no. this is instant. I think like the first time I heard them was probably um, oh like five, a right? Lot of when it first people's. came out. Yeah, but like it was like the cliche. Like I saw I write since not tragedies music video on MTV one morning getting ready for school and lost your mind. And I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And because like you've I've never heard anything <laughs> like this ever in my life because at that point I was I think yeah like oh I was five. already a fallout boy fan yeah but you were like 12 you yeah, know I was in seventh or sixth or seventh grade seventh grade oh five yeah mm-hmm. right seventh or eighth so you were 12 uh, 11 let's just say a preteen you were yeah, preteen I was 12 and I, I you know what's funny is I it was the same for me Except I'm a year older than you, so I was already kind of like, I stay up late because I'm a teenager. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> so, like, I actually saw the I Write Sins video um, after I heard it on the radio. But when I saw it, it was in the middle of the night uh, on MTV. Like, when they used to have, uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was called, like, uh, Late Night Something. Mm-hmm. And it was it was th- basically this four to six hour chunk of just music videos all night. And Why don't they do that anymore? <laughs> I, I don't, we'll get into an MTV episode because I have a lot of feelings about that. Um, but they they had this, uh, the video on there, and I remember it being like the middle of the night, and I saw it, and I was just like, damn, this is awesome. Like, this music is great. And it, yeah, it, I didn't, I, I can't say that I fell in love with them because it took me a while to hear more music from them because that, and there was like one other song that was like commercially known from that album and I wasn't into them enough to like search them out. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know right away all, all about them until Pretty Odd came out. And then I was like, what the hell is this? Right. This is totally different. What is this band? Like, this is crazy. And I kind of lost, I almost lost faith in them because I, again, that was my least favorite album. So I almost lost faith in them a little bit until, um, until, you know, a later time when I was able to really get, yeah, because I had gone through, you know, some of my teens and really gained more perspective on music and, and loved rock music. And I mean, back then I loved everything, but I really did love rock and, you know, blues and emo music. Those were like my, my three uh, main things that I soaked in as much as I could. And once I went back to them uh, was when uh, I'm sure everyone knows the acoustic performance from them that uh, they did for a radio show when it's just Spencer and Brendan during the vices days and everyone knows about that. Did you know that's the clip that's in um, Love, Simon? Really? Yeah, that's the clip, the video of them, that acoustic video. That's really funny. It makes sense because it's like, it really is known as like one of the most memorable live performances of and Panic. And it was just a random performance. But it was amazing. Like, that was, and I'll tell you why, that was the first time uh, I heard Brendan Urie sing and go, he his he has a beautiful voice like his voice is incredible mm-hmm. because before that the only live performance i saw <laughs> and i know why you're laughing is because it was their 2006 MTV VMA performance and it was really it was really bad now i i will say i felt bad for them because someone kanyeed their uh their when they won video of the year that year no one ever talks about it because it's it was a long time ago but they had the first kanye moment this dude ran up on stage and and cock blocked their speech before they could say anything it was insane it was literally like having deja vu when it happened to taylor swift it was the same thing it was crazy except it was like five years before it was i think it was longer than that it was crazy it was nuts so that was nuts 
and um and i i just remember their performance that night being terrible and i was like what the hell is this this is crazy he must just be good when he's like recording he must have a really bad live voice and uh truthfully back then that was probably the truth because they had been a band for one and a half years at yeah, the time. They were 17 years old. Yeah, the, he did not have a man's voice yet. So I do understand why he was a little nervous being, you know, a little teenager, winning a VMA and being on the one of the biggest stages you can be on as a band at the time. Mm-hmm. I understand. So when I saw that video on YouTube of that live performance at that radio station, when he sang Mona Lisa... Like, I got choked up. I was like, his voice is fucking amazing. Like, it, like, choked up in a way that, like, it was almost like a jealousy. Like, I was like, that, his voice is, holy shit. Like, I wish I could even dream to sound as good as he is, you know? He's awesome. He he is so awesome. He's great. And uh, truthfully, I, I understand why he's the last member because, you know, without his, without his voice, the band would not have been the same. Yeah. They wouldn't have made it as far. I, I'm saying that right now. They would not have made it as far. He's crazy, too, because, like, even if the band, like, didn't work, yeah, he could be an actor. He could be on Broadway. Yeah. He could do whatever the hell he wants and he still He really be could. He's just one of those people. He has an unlimited supply of energy. He has, the like, an unlimited supply of positivity, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, he's an amazing man. He He just is. I love him. <laughs> I want to be best friends with him, you know. That'd be great. That would be awesome. Maybe one day we'll we'll be uh, famous enough to have him on our show. How incredible would that be? I don't know what I would do if I met him now. Yeah, you wouldn't talk the whole podcast. No, I wouldn't even give you the microphone. I'd interview him. You could just sit there and stare. I've had so many missed chances of meeting him that now I'm just like, hey, we should talk about that. <laughs> Well, we won't talk about it much. Basically, his secure his main security guard and one of his best friends, um, Zach. Everyone knows Zach if you know Panic and you've been to shows because he he's famous enough to where now he takes pictures with fans. Yeah, everyone knows him. And there's been several times where you were duped out of getting to meet Brendan or even get something remotely close to meeting Brendan. Yeah, he he promised me a few times that after the show that he would help me meet them. Yeah. Which is fine, but then I, you know, I was, the first time I saw them, I was yeah. 14. Yep. Um. So I, I couldn't stay late, and I fucking left after the show. Yeah. And the next time I saw them, it was my 16th birthday. Amazing. And he, I got there in a limo. <laughs> <laughs> And I pulled up to, like, the front, like, the limo pulled. It was at the Fillmore in Miami, so there's, like, a little loop. And he just, like, opened the door, and he was just like, oh, hi there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's my birthday. And then he was like, oh, yeah, definitely find me this time. Like, uh, And so that went on, like, three separate times until I finally was just like, fuck you. Yeah, you just basically gave up. And then um, one time I actually had a meet and greet pass to meet. At, at that point, it was Brendan and Spencer. Yeah, that time was I pretty fucked up. I would have lost my shit. I don't know. I, and it was just me. Yeah. I was with my friend, and he didn't get a meet and greet pass. It was just me. So yeah. I would have been going alone to meet them. But still, you <laughs> had the meet and greet. I know, but I would have, like, fell on the floor and died. Like, I would have passed out, and no one would be there to help me. I mean, the band would have been there to help you. I guess so. I'm sure they would have helped you if you passed out in front of them. Um, But, so I had the meet and greet pass, and... It was at um, the Buzz Bake Sale Festival. I wish that existed still. Such yeah. a great fucking show. It was show. a festival that used to be hosted by a radio station down here. And it was such a good show. And um, Every year was awesome. The bands had meet and greets. And it, it was kind of like a mini warp tour where you can like go to their tent and meet them. if you. But yeah. you had to have an actual pass. And I had one for Panic. And so I went to their tent to figure out when the hell their meet and greet was. Yep. And there was Zach standing there in the tent mm-hmm. and there was no time on their meet and greet thing. And yep. so I was like, hey, Zach, when the hell's the meet and greet? And he was like, I don't know. They haven't scheduled a time yet for panic. Check back in an hour. And I said, OK, Zach, see you in an hour. Yep. And I walked away and uh, I think we were watching the used 
And so they used set end it. And I went back over there. And the fucking meet and greet ended. Yep. And it was over. And I was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> I was so mad. That was when you basically just gave up hope I, on I it. I you were like, fuck this. Yeah. I think after that, I saw them maybe a year yeah. later. I think. No. I don't remember. I might have. I don't remember. I saw them and <laughs> I like was too mad to say something to Zach. Yeah. And I, I still saw him and I said hi or whatever. And then I didn't see them for like six years. Yeah, I was going to say. the death of the Bachelor tour. And now like I, I saw him at the death of the Bachelor tour and I saw him at Pray for the Wicked. Yeah. And I didn't say hi because now I'm like resentful. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't want to bring it up because I know I'll get mad. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I just kind of stay away. But every show I see him, and it's, like, annoying. Yeah. But, I mean, and it does, it sucks now because Panic is such a big band now that, like... They don't even do meet and greets yeah, anymore. Yeah, you, you can't find them, like, on the side of the building. Like, if you were at Culture Room in Fort Lauderdale and, like, saw the band on the side, like, loading up shit, mm-hmm. you, like, that's not going to happen. You're in a... F- he's in a fucking stadium now, you know? There's, like, three green rooms before he comes out on stage. Yeah. So, it's just not the same. I, you know, I really... There's something to be said for those bands that stay small and you can actually meet them. Um, it was so awesome when we got to see and meet the Danger Summer during their last tour because it was so it was like an intimate setting it was so awesome Mm -hmm. getting to talk to someone like a normal person is so much better than like dreaming of them being a a rock star to me at least like i like it so much better knowing someone's a fucking human than dreaming of them being some kind of god or goddess like to me that's worth way more and i've gotten to do that on a couple of occasions and danger summer was one of those yeah and it's just, I think it's better. It it bothers me because every other one of my favorite bands is not on the level that Panic's on. Yeah. And it just happens that my favorite band since I was 12 is Panic! at the Disco. And yeah. And now they're just so... Big. Yeah. That I, I would like, have to pay hundreds of dollars. Or we would have to be filthy rich. Like, we would have to be rich and in the scene to be like, I want to be best friends with Brendan Urie and, like, me- move to L.A. and be best friends with him. That's never happening. <laughs> Why you got to destroy my dreams like that? <laughs> if I get successful and I don't ever meet him, I'm blaming you for that. I will listen to this podcast back and I will remember this moment. I cursed it. You did. I will remember this moment for the rest of my life. Yeah. So amazing. Obviously, you can tell we're fans. We love them. We dedicated a whole episode to them. I'm sure that we're going to dedicate some episodes to some other bands as well because we both have a lot of favorites, as you know, from our last favorite album and uh, or favorite songs of bands we haven't seen live yet. That was the li- that and was the list yeah. we did. It was just <laughs> favorite the bands that we haven't seen live yet that we want to see. Yeah, true. Which some of them won't ever come true. Nirvana. Some of them will. Some of them will, and we'll, we'll be seeing them. Actually, we're going to be seeing one. Um, I think we're going to be taking a short little break from seeing shows. Uh, for a few months. Um, we have a few in October. Yeah, we have a few in October that are coming up that we'll we'll announce. But I think we're going to keep it pretty low-key for the next couple months. And just, you know, we really want to build our original c- content on the channel and, you know, really give you guys some, some different stuff than, you know, just the norm. I, I really like, like, I don't think there's a lot of people that dedicate whole episodes like this to, like, talking about a band and the history and I think that's something that a lot of people want to hear. You know, I think it's good, good stuff. I think people like listening to it. And um, hopefully it's a niche market that, you know, p- people want to hear and people will listen to. So if you like it, let us know. If you don't, then I, I guess still let us know and I'll never do it again. So, you know, you, we could <laughs> no, do that as well. We're still going to do it. We're still going to do it either way. I'm this is gonna, for us. I'm still going to rant about panic like all the time. <laughs> yeah, of course, because you have to. That's like you compare them to other bands and albums, you know, like that's always what the case is going to be when you listen to new stuff, you know. I'm 26 um, and I'm still a fangirl. Exactly. Exactly. So and I think you always will be until we become best friends with Brennan. And you're like, oh, we're just normal. We're just friends. You know, we're just best friends. And then it's they're going to listen to this and be like. Oh, he's going to be like, yeah, we're not friends anymore. 
nah, it'll be fine. <laughs> but um, but yeah, guys, uh, this is probably gonna be kind of a bonus episode. Um, our next episode is gonna be uh probably even longer than this one. I have a lot to say about our next episode. It's gonna be about the last warp tour. Um, Ever ever the not the last warp tour ever but warped is still going to be something in some kind of capacity probably just a show like a festival weekend the last warp tour show ever like the last show but on the tour yeah we we were lucky enough to get the last date of the last cross country warp tour here in west palm beach um very grateful but uh i have a lot of opinions about warp tour and where it was, where it's been, uh, what it's going to turn into. Um, and uh, I, I think we, we have a lot to say about that. So we wanted to break the episodes up and kind of give you a lot of info about our love for Panic and then a lot of info about uh, Warp Tour because I guarantee every single person who listens to this podcast has been to Warp Tour. They at had to have. Once. Yeah, at least once. They had to have because... If you listen to emo music, you had to go to Warp Tour. Like it's just you had to. So. So yeah, uh, listen for that. Uh, it's gonna be coming out really soon, guys. Uh, almost back to back to this one. So, um, until then, you know this has been uh, TMI podcast, and uh, yeah, you guys uh, have a good day. We'll we'll be back soon and uh, with another episode. Have a good one. Bye bye.